Welcome to Hacker Public Radio. I'm Monster B. And I'm 3.30. And tonight we're going to talk about CrunchBang Linux. CrunchBang Linux is a, it's based on Ubuntu, right? Yeah. Okay, I, I haven't had a chance to try it out. But you're you're running it now on several systems? Yeah, I've got it running on my desktop, and they have a specialized triple uh, E version called Crunchy. Oh, really? It's official now? Yeah. Well, it's a, say both of them are as official as they're going to get. They promise to break your system. That's why it's called CrunchBang. But it's been extremely stable for me. Well, that's cool. Um, I mean, how much more different is it to Ubuntu? It's just not like a like a remix, or you know, it's like totally different. Kind of like how Linux Mint is to Ubuntu, right? Well, it, it's more like uh, the difference between Ubuntu and Kubuntu. Because it's just it's Ubuntu with OpenBox on top of it, with all the GTK apps. But they instead of using like OpenOffice and some of the bigger apps, they've got like Clause Mail and Abbey Word and GPIC View. But they also added some other stuff in like Gwibber and um, Terminator, which we'll talk about later, is the default terminal emulator. And for those that haven't heard my episode on Gwibber, it's a it's a all-in-one app for Dig and all kinds of other Web 2.0 social media type things. Well, it sounds pretty cool. So it's it's a lightweight distribution then. Yeah, and it's it's not like it's not so lightweight that it's odd to use. Like sometimes you get a like a Fluxbox system that you really have to you know it's a base and you build on it. This is ready to go. Like in I I had to change a couple of things because. I'm a free software Nazi. It comes with Skype by default. You know, every install has Skype. So I pulled that out. And it already comes with Flash and a lot of the media Ubuntu um, codecs, which I'm still fishing through to to get some of the ones out that aren't actually free software. I don't really care about breaking U.S. law. I'm worried about software freedom. But it, it does come with everything you need you know, Flash is already done, all the codecs, everything. You just sit down and it works. And I see they included uh, Skype, too. Yeah, and uh, Conky. Okay. Yeah, Conky's no, part of no, the Conky's regular. Under the BSD license, right? Um, yeah. I haven't looked, actually. I, I think it is, but... And then Skype is non-free. Yeah, so, so pretty much it's kind of like in the class of Linux Mint. Yeah, uh, that, it is. That kind of borderline, is it legal or not? Well, it's... <laughs> yeah, and and it comes from the UK, so they have different laws than we do here in the US. But it it would be really easy to to cut a couple of things out of it and make it completely legal for your area. Well, like you said before, you know, it's, it's based on Ubuntu, so it's 100% compatible with it, so it's using the same oh, yeah. repositories. Is it using any, like, a different repository? Um, Not that I've noticed. It's it's pretty much the Ubuntu repos as they come. Well, one good thing uh, is kind of making OpenBox uh, popular, you know? Yeah, and it makes OpenBox really easy to use. There are actually GUI config tools in your... Uh, Bring it up here. So that's all custom. Yeah, it's they've got a 
They've got a uh, GUI menu editor and a GUI config tool, which are really nice. And they also have links to the actual RCXML files so that you could go in and, you know, if you're a, a big-time open box person, you can go in and hack it yourself. But, the, you know, me not knowing what I'm doing at all, it, it does have some really nice GUI tools. Well, one cool thing is, I mean, it, it introduced you to OpenBox, so... Yeah, I'd never used OpenBox before. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. So, I mean, later on, if you want to try something else and you still want to stick with OpenBox, at least it gives you kind of an idea of what to do. Yeah, and one cool thing about OpenBox is once you have a configuration, you can pretty much just move it to another distro. So once I you know, get this all hacked the way I'd like it, I I should, in theory, just be able to move it over to a regular Debian install or, or Arch or Slackware or Fedora or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's probably a hidden configuration file. Yeah. And even if you can't move it over, you have pretty much the basics to uh, yeah. use as a template. So, uh, I know that you know not all of these packages are brand new or people haven't heard about them, but I've been playing with the BitTorrent client called Deluge. And for people that are absolutely terrified of getting in trouble for downloading things over BitTorrent, it's got some really cool features in it that, like, you can pull in um, block lists. So, like, it's like a huge blacklist of IP addresses that it won't get files from because, you know, it's known to be, you know, the MPAA or the RIAA or, you know, the French government or... Yeah, and it's just it's kind of taking a bunch of blacklists that are around the internet and compiling all of them into one. And it's been really cool. And there's a uh, a thing that you can set so that anytime you minimize it to the tray, you have to put in a password to get it to open up again. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and, yeah. It might not be incredibly useful for everyone, but I'm kind of tinfoil security nut job, so I thought it was pretty cool. No, you said it had the, you're talking it, it blocks like bad IP addresses? Yeah. Okay. I, I see, and it also says it has like a BitTorrent protocol encryption. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if that's just from, would that be just from like from, from my house to your house? Um, or Actually, I think it's encryption from the peer, well, to the tracker, from the peer, and you. So I think each jump is encrypted. Oh, okay. Because there are a lot of ISPs that, that do traffic shaping. And if you encrypt it, it's just an SSL connection. They have no idea what it is. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but there there are a lot of uh, plugins for it that will let you, like, you know, uh, fake your, your share ratio. Yeah, because some trackers, if you share more, you download quicker. You can just lie and say that you're sharing all kinds of stuff, and it'll let you download as quick as possible. Um, you can download stuff. You can download from torrent sites that have RSS feeds. It's like if you if you had some recurring thing. I'm not going to give any type of possibilities, but some recurring thing that you know had an RSS feed with torrents in it. It would just download them automatically, like a like a podcatcher. Okay, that's pretty cool. I seen the RSS, uh, so that's what that's for. Yeah, that part. So what else is in there that you notice is different from Ubuntu? Is there any new programs you might have added? Um, 
Uh, there, other than the the stuff that comes because it's a a cut down version, you know, like claws mail. I've never used. Um, it does come with Liferia, the the RSS feed reader. It comes with that by default, which Ubuntu doesn't. Um, has GFTP, you know the the GNOME FTP client. Um, it ships with Pigeon just like Ubuntu does. Uh, it's got a lot of um, things for graphics. It, it already comes with Inkscape. It comes with this weird color picker, like the one that's in the GIMP, but it's just a standalone app. Um, a palette designer, some font stuff. Um, to replace all of OpenOffice, they've got Abbey Word, Gnumeric. Um, they really don't have a thing for presentations, but there is a package out there. I just don't remember what it's called. Um, sound and video, it it uses the default totem and rhythm box, but it comes with Audacity, Pitivy, Kino, uh, what else is different in here? Uh, WinFF video encoder, a bunch of other stuff I added myself, like Jokosher. And it's that's pretty much all that's really changed. It, it has a lot of the GNOME apps, and actually a lot of XFCE apps too, but that's just to make it a little more lightweight. But it's all it's all GTK. Yeah, that's cool. Now, what about the file manager? What is it? Does it use it, uh, Nautilus? It uses Thunar, oh, okay. which has been one of the only pains that I've had. It was because I was a huge Dropbox fan, and there's not a plugin for Thunar. And to install Nautilus, there's like 80-some dependencies, and some look like they would conflict with something. I don't know. If someone knows that you can just drop it in there, I would be glad to find that out because I miss Nautilus, or not Nautilus itself, but I miss Dropbox so much. Yeah, I've never never tried Dropbox. It's really just a peace of mind thing, knowing that you can drop something into a folder and it's stored on the internet as fast as it can get there. Yeah, there'd be no way to uh, really run Nautilus inside of Openbox, right? I mean, without... Um, I'm not sure, because Openbox being a, a window manager, not a, a desktop environment, one of the dependencies for Nautilus is Metacity, which is a window manager. So I was kind of afraid of installing it, because if you have two window managers running at the same time, it can... It just doesn't sound like a good idea. Right, okay. Yeah, the, so it's kind of like, because I run Fluxbox, and, and I fired up Nautilus one time. And it mm-hmm. pretty much turned my flux box into a uh a GNOME desktop. Ooh. It, it replaced all my menus and I, I forgot what the what I had to type in to get rid of it. I think Peter sixty four was in the chat room at the time because he said it happened to him. But uh yeah, I I wouldn't try it then. Okay. Saying uh, uh un- now, how do you unmount like when you plug in a USB device, is it It just auto mounts just like in Ubuntu, just shows okay. right up. Thunar opens. You can right click on it in the Thunar is set up to look like Nautilus. Out in this, I don't know if that's a default thing or not. But you just right click on it in there and tell it to unmount and it unmounts. Like they they really made this as easy as humanly possible. Well, that is easy then. Yeah. Oh, there I still have some weird things I'm working out. Um I uh I run X on my server and I was uh using SSH dash X for 
to open up a program on my on my CrunchBang system here, and it pulled the desktop picture over. So I I have my server's wallpaper on my desktop over top of the wallpaper I'm supposed to have, which is kind of it, it's really weird, and I I don't really understand how it happened, but it's a cool wallpaper, so I'm not complaining too much. Now, are you, are you going to take a screenshot of that? Um, I actually have a a screenshot up on UnixPorn.com, but yeah, I can. Uh, I'll figure out a way to take a picture of both my server and my desktop at the same time and show that, you know, it's the same thing. Yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll put the link to the Unix Porn uh, screenshot in the show notes. Yeah, that, check it out. I've got one up there with my Conky config and Terminator running and all that. No, now to the uh, okay. The, now they replaced the GNOME terminal, or well, the default terminal is Terminator. Yeah, and Terminator is a uh, it's a it's in Python, and at least in Ubuntu and Debian, it it's basically a GNOME term that you can split into smaller GNOME terms inside of itself. And the way you would configure it in Ubuntu or Debian was to configure GNOME term, and then your changes would automatically switch over. So like if you, if you wanted it to be transparent or whatever, I haven't figured out how to do it in CrunchBang yet, but by default, Terminator is right there in front of you. So you can you can open up one terminal window and split it as many times as you want. Right now I currently have three, four, five, six, seven, eight different slices of varying sizes. But it's it's all inside of one window. So I don't have, you know, a bunch of stuff open underneath. Oh, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I don't know if I told you the other day, I think we were looking at how to, to switch between slices with yeah. the keyboard without using the mouse. Because I got Peter64 to install this, and he likes it too. But he asked me, well, how do you switch from you know, slice to slice without using the mouse. And I'm like, I have no idea. I looked all over the documentation for it. So he started messing around with the keys and hit the right one. It's, uh, you, you hold down control and use the tab key and you can switch between slices. Oh, that's, that's nice. I'm sure this makes great radio, but yeah, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> and if you hit, uh, what is it, the F... I think it's... Let me try it out here. F11 goes full screen. Yeah. So it ends up looking like rat poison. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much you can do with this, though. I mean, just with that little menu that you right-click on the desk, or the, in the terminal window, I mean, you could turn off the title bar, scroll bar. You can open up tabs, and you can also zoom. Yeah, the zoom feature is nice because it lets you go into just one of the terminals and not have to look at all the other ones. That makes the text wicked huge. But yeah, if yeah, if there was something going on in one of them and that's really what you wanted to see right then, instead of closing all the other ones, you can just zoom right into it. Okay, do you have a GNOME terminal installed? No. Because I went ahead and installed it in mine just so I could you know go you know, use all the like transparency, mm-hmm. you know, change the fonts, this and that. You know, so that way it takes effect in Terminator. I went ahead and installed that. There was only like four or five dependencies, so it's really it's not going to pull down the whole entire GNOME desktop just to install. 
sticking yeah. home terminal. But like on my triple E, I have a KDE installed with no hmm. GNOME apps at all, and I put Terminator on there, and it used Xterm, you know, for the default mm-hmm. uh, theme. So then, if you change your Xterm theme, does it change your Terminator theme? Yes. Awesome. But there's not a lot you can really do with Xterm besides changing colors. Yeah. Let's say in Crunchbang by default, the it's a black background with white text because everything else that's themed is uh, with a, a dark theme. You know, not quite black, but that kind of kind of matte gray color. Yeah, that's how I have mine set up now. I'm not running Crunchbang. I'm you know running Debian, but that's how I set my color theme up. Yeah. Well, before we end this, uh, one more question for you: How easy is it to uh, theme it? Um, say I haven't really played with the the themes too much, but there it comes with a bunch of default ones. In the uh, oh, let me find it here: the GUI config tool for OpenBox. There's a bunch of default themes, and I'm assuming that you could just uh, let's see. Yeah, there's a a button to add a new theme. You just click it and. You'd have to have a .obt file, which I, which is a uh, open box theme archive. But yeah, you just you know pull the whole thing down. You could get a whole bunch of them off of a uh, uh, boxlook.org, I think it is. Yeah, and you could just drop it right in there and go switching away. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like that site. I use that one for uh, Fluxbox too. So, yeah, they've done everything they could to make this as easy as possible. My girlfriend's running it, and you know she's you know the only Linux she's ever really run for any length of time is regular vanilla Ubuntu, and she took right to it. She was like, you know, where's the buttons? And I'm like, oh, it's all in the right click menu. And she was like, all right, cool. Didn't yeah, you know, she didn't need to install anything to get Flash or anything like that working. So she was pretty happy. And it probably runs a lot faster. Oh, it, it's quick. Like, if if you want to save old hardware, this is definitely one of the ways to go. Like, well, I, you, you probably gain, uh, what, at least 50 to 75 megabytes of RAM. Oh, yeah. Like, right now, I have three Firefox windows open, and I'm only using 380 megs of RAM. And that's with Gwibber and Deluge and Terminator with eight windows <laughs> split up in it. I mean, it's... You can really put this thing through some some gruesome tests if you wanted to. Like well, it's just in, cool. Say, in one Firefox window, I have over 10 tabs open. Because oh, after right, this, we're, yeah. we're going to do right, Linux right. cranks, but... <laughs> right. Well, right, yeah, that's right there's where all your memory went. Yeah. But, I mean, and I only have 502 megs, but it's still just snappy as it could ever be. Like, this thing... It's it's just amazing. Like I've I've never played with a a lightweight desktop like this and you know, without having to try to do a whole bunch of configuration from a very default kind of thing. This is nice. Well, it's you highly recommend it then, right? Yes, yes. Uh, all right. I, at least until it yeah, until it crashes like they promise it will and then I'm sure I'll be squalling on the IRC or something, but yeah, as as it is now, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, because I seen it on DistroWatch once, I think when it first came out, 
they posted it, and I, I seen it, didn't think nothing of it. I heard the Linux, uh, Linux Outlaws talk about it. Heard you talk about it. If it wasn't for you guys, I would never even have known about it. Yeah, even it, though I seen it on DistroWatch, it's just uh, oh well, another Ubuntu uh, remix. Yeah, so they've they've put some serious work into this, and there there are some people that are complaining about how it's it's not a distro, it's just a respin and all that. But they've they've put you know distro type work into it. I mean, it's it's more than just a pretty theme. I there's there's some definite. You know, actual engineering behind it. So everyone listening, go check it out. What's the uh, web address? It is crunchbanglinux.org. And what's the deal with the symbols they're using? The the hash sign and the uh, exclamation point? Yeah, that's just... It's just because typing crunchbang gets really, really repetitive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got anything else to add? Um... Not not that I can think of. All right, man. Thanks for uh, talking with me today, and I'll see you in five minutes for the Linux Cranks. Yep, yeah, see you then. All right, man. Bye. <laughs> Later on. Thanks. Oops, I have a correction. There are four entries in the uh, source.list file, and they are linked to Launchpad. So there are extra repositories. All right. Thanks for listening to Hacker Public Radio, and good night. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.